The Weezer Bracket is brought to you by Kirkland Light. Uh, they didn't give us money, but they did give us 48 beers for twenty one ninety nine. 48 cents a can. <laughs> so, I mean, if you know us, I mean, that's basically the same thing as a sponsorship. So, shout out to Kirkland Light. Kirkland Light. It's beer. <laughs> The Weezer Bracket, episode two, part duh. <laughs> hey everybody, it's uh, Nick Robinson, Nick Rob here. And it's Andrew Woods, Jim Jarmusch here. And uh, we are back, we're we're still at this project, it's still going on. Uh, oh, we're not giving up. So far. Um, <laughs> we've, we've committed way too much, we've told way too many people about this one. Yeah, but... Uh, I'm not sure how much they care, but... Hey, man, I got like 25 likes on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, then we're going all in, then. Yeah, we got like 38 Twitter followers at this point. Yeah, follow us at Weezer Bracket. We're... uh Right now, it's just our communal uh, Weezer shitposting account, which is actually pretty fun. Yeah, some some good stuff, but we're about to have actual content for you guys. Well, by the time you hear this, there will be actual content. (laughs) I mean, debatable, but still. All right. All right. What's, uh, let's, let's go to the first matchup. Island in the Sun. Off of Weezer, the Green Album. Versus December. Off of Maladroit. those songs beautiful i mean just just lovely you know i don't think they even deserve to be in this bracket i don't think so either so uh we're done it's a draw uh thank you everyone for coming out please drive safely so the funny thing about this round is you have one song which everyone's heard island in the sun like it's like an inescapable song if you've ever been to an applebee's a chili's (laughs) a tgi fridays uh ruby tuesdays yeah. You've heard that song. You know what I'm saying? 100%. It's just like standard, like modern rock playlist. And then December, which 0.00001% of the uh, population has heard. So every time we've talked about what songs are going into the bracket, yeah. where we're going to seed them, I have to re listen to December because I cannot 
remember what it sounds like. I finish listening and it just exits my brain. And you know what's amazing about it? Rivers chose that to be the last song on Maladroit. I don't know about you, but I always feel like the last song has to like, there's like importance to it. This, putting this out as the last song on an album is kind of the musical equivalent of just fading out a track. <laughs> it's like a three minute long fade out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we put them together just because Island and Sun versus December. That's kind of nice. You kind of put December against something. <laughs> <laughs> Island in the Sun. It's interesting because it's perhaps one of the most divisive songs Weezer's ever made. I think it's the song that creates the line. Well, maybe Hash, Hashpipe came first as the single, but Hashpipe is such a weird like left turn for Weezer, while Island in the Sun you can listen to and like, yeah, that would be a Weezer song. You know what I'm saying? The melody's there. I, I guess melody-wise, yeah. Yeah, and like it's just so vacant. You know what I'm saying? It's so empty. It's like empty calories. Content-wise, I think this... This song, it's really the first time that Rivers slash Weezer has made an overtly happy... No, actually... Dreamfully... What? No, it's not true, because we've actually already done this. He did it with Holiday. He's basically, it's, it's just Holiday again, but you, you, I know you have problems with Holiday, <laughs> but I think you can agree, like, Holiday is a much superior song and much more interesting musically. I, I would say yes, except that Holiday is, more, is a lot more wishful. Yeah, like holiday. It's more that he is trying to escape from something. But even like, island in the sun, it's everything's good. We're happy, and you so know what? Let's take a vacation. We'll be even happier. He probably took like like a uh, Sanex and wrote this song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I imagine. He was this. the precursor to Lil Peep. Yeah. Ooh. R.I.P. You know what always blows my mind about Island in the Sun? Have you ever you've gotten Spotify? I'm sure and checked out the list. I have been on Spotify. Yes. How many streams do you think there are listed of Island in the Sun? Oh, I, I saw you sharing the screenshot to this. So yeah, do you remember? It's something like 130 million. 150 million. Jesus. Do you know what's more amazing? I believe the second one is. Uh, I believe the next one is Say It Ain't So. I'm checking this out right now. Yes, Say It Ain't So. How many streams do you think there are of Say It Ain't So? I'm going to say 125 million. It's 93 million. There, there's a 57 million stream difference between Island in the Sun and Say It Ain't So. Yeah, but I mean, Target has to get their music from somewhere. <laughs> well, it's just like, it, it always kind of amazes me because I don't feel like anytime anyone talks about Weezer, well, I guess you hear Island in the Sun, but like, let me put it this way. When you go and go to a karaoke bar and someone does a Weezer song, have you ever seen them do Island in the Sun? I have spent a lot of time at karaoke places. I have seen it, but it is not as common as, say, like Surf Wax America or something like that. I feel like Say It Ain't So is the one you always say. It Ain't So, so yeah, yeah, that's probably the most predominant one. I used to not mind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I'm real bipolar with it. Yeah. Sometimes it will just drive me up the wall. And sometimes it's like, you know, the melody's pretty pleasant. You know, it sounds fine. If, you, if you're, you know, doing something else, like it's in the background, it's perfectly pleasant. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I guess my problem with this with it is it kind of is representative of where Weezer was going and what they had become. And I think that's where a lot of the backlash comes from. And yeah. I think that's where, like, people see it as this, like, cheery, bright song, and they're like, wait, where is my guy working through his emotional issues, you know? Do you remember the two music videos? I was just about to bring those up. Neither really relates to them at all. The first one is at a uh, Hispanic wedding. Yeah, it's uh, the Marco Siega. I think it's the first direct, uh, music video Marco Siega directed for them. 
and Marcos would pr- probably go on to direct the most music videos for them. I would say that so. That sounds like something we should have but, researched. Uh, I, I did research it earlier. <laughs> he goes on and directs about five more after this. It's rejected, or I, I don't know if it's... Re- no, it was released. It Be- just didn't get the airplay, right? The second one is directed by Spike Jones, yeah. and I think this was just in the era where it's like, if Spike Jones wants to direct a music video for well, you, they you also, just say yes. They also had a relationship with Spike Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. They both, like... I wouldn't say like either made each other, but they were Buddy Holly and Spike Jones felt they're, they're one, one, one of the same. Yeah, yeah they're they, married. Yeah. yeah, it's like when people are on the ground that you put your backs together and that you push each other up. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I remember the Spike Jones music video much more. Oh, way more, way yeah. more. I just had to look up what the other one was. Yeah, I mean, like it's just like Weezer playing with cute animals. You know, like it's simple as that. It's both the most Spike Jones choice and the least Spike Jones yeah. choice. Like, there's no optical trickery. <laughs> there's only like pure, just feel good sentiments. I was like looking, I was doing a little research. Well, do you remember the Mary Kate and Ashley version of the song? Yes, because you sent it to me the other day. <laughs> I remember, I remember listening to the radio and then playing that and then just taking calls from very upset Weezer fans. (laughs) I think it was a TV movie or like a direct-to-video film called Holiday in the Sun. Yeah, all those those movies were direct direct to cassette uh there are there are a couple that weren't there was like it takes two didn't go direct to cassette it was that was a theatrical release and then they made new york minute which was released in theaters how do you know this because i grew up uh, <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about that song is they don't sing on it really they, I think yeah. <laughs> it's, it's some guy named empty trash who does the, all the vocals <laughs> I, and I, I don't even think they do, do like background vocals. They might do the hip hip. I think that's what they do. I think they do the hip hip. Can that, we talk about hip hip now? Hold on, hold on. Can we just say like, did Empty Trash just get his name by just messing around on the computers? Like, fuck, I need a name. What do I? <laughs> oh, oh, Empty Trash. Okay, that's it. We should have put this song in it. <laughs> you should just drug, dr- drag that over to the trash. Are you happy with yourself? No, never. The best thing, the, but like I was also checking out, there are multiple cover versions of this song. Oh, of course. But there's so there's one by Emma Roberts she did for the uh, soundtrack for Aquamarine. <laughs> I did not know that. And then uh, in 2009, the song was covered by Selena Gomez with her band on tour. Like it wasn't even released. She just decided that during the middle of her tour to do a cover of Island in the Sun. I would say for for Selena Gomez, especially at that time, if you're going to pick a Weezer song, that's the one your audience is most familiar with. I, I wish you had done December. <laughs> 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 I mean, I have a list of 64. I wish she did. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, obviously, uh, Island in the Sun's dominating this conversation because, uh, well, obviously, because it's Island in the Sun and... Dece- I was just trying to take notes because we re-listened to the songs right yeah. before, and I'm just trying to write anything about December. I don't, and it's like there's almost. Nothing I used to know to say. so much about like the Maladroid era and like him, like you know, cultivating like the uh, track list from you know the internet and whatnot. And I cannot. I don't remember anything about December. Like not nothing. Just kind of a nothing song. Like looking up things online, like there's not a lot of information out there. Yeah. I, I don't know how it came to be. I don't know. There's so many songs. There's hundreds of songs from the era. Yeah. And, and I, it, sometimes it's really baffling how he chose to put ones on albums at the time. That's just part of being creative, you know? Like you're you're stuck with these 
melodies, these rhythms, whatever, these songs, these lyrics, and you get so lost. You don't, you can't listen to him with fresh ears. Yeah. You know, he, it's like he's probably recorded these songs so many times. He doesn't know what the current version sounds like versus the one three versions ago. Do you think he um, recorded them with the band, or do you think most of these songs were just recorded on his own? Uh, on Maladroit? Yeah. I think it's, I would guess it's actually 50-50. Yeah. I'm guessing that's where the split is. You were asking this question of me the other day, and we shouldn't talk about our offline discussions because you guys weren't there, but uh, the question was, has Matt Sharp listened to... Weezer post his departure. That's true. I did ask that question. And so looking around and I found an interview with Matt Sharp uh, where he says, yeah, I haven't listened to it. Uh, you know, they're doing their thing. That's fine. One, I don't believe that for a minute. But oh, absolutely not. I, I, he's, he at least listened to the Green Album. Especially since there's so much in the uh, White Album, Pacific Palisades, where the, they are trading producers yeah like so many uh rentals collaborators are ending up on weezer albums but this is that's that's either here or there uh he says, great album was rick okasic again right yes yeah but so he says i did hear this one song i was in a panera bread <laughs> <laughs> and i was eating out of a bread bowl <laughs> and i heard this song and it goes hip hip and i go gosh that has to be them <laughs> How do you think Rivers decided Hip Hip was going to be like the repeating? Like, if there's a brain to figure out, it's not Rivers. You know, <laughs> like I can't, I can't tell if he was just trying to think of something that people would want to say, or if he was just like in the studio and he's just messing around. He's just going, yeah, hip, hip, hip. I'll hip, say, hip. you know, and like I've gone to enough like Weezer concerts where people do go hip, hip. Yeah, everyone knows hip, hip. I mean, we talked last time about stuff that people would. Re- at concerts that's a hip hip is actually one of them that's yeah so much more i feel than like they've, they've also been brainwashed enough by hearing this song at like panera and so i think even the people who hate island in the sun if you go to a concert yeah you will sing along well that's the thing with concerts like it doesn't matter if you don't dislike a song sometimes when you go to a concert it's like such like a, well i know this song you know what i'm saying like you it feels like you're included so you know this song and you can like sing along to the song yeah yeah like the best produ- the best performers really make you like the songs you hate like. yeah except beverly hills i every time i've seen <laughs> weezer uh, in concert and they play beverly hills i'm just like fuck me what happens when they play december <laughs> <laughs> I would be, I will I, I would be interested in I'm never going to do this but if I could go through every set set list that Weezer's ever played I would guess December has never been played I think that's a strong I bet strong bet yeah I bet like a Maladroit so- song out of Dope Nose and Keep Fishing has not been played since 2005 Hey you got the title right Yeah I know <laughs> All right uh you want to vote it Uh I feel like December has to move on I do too Yeah it's just like, hey, sorry everyone who uh, wrote us and uh, was telling us that uh, Island and Sun had to win this fucking thing. Uh, you were wrong. <laughs> Come on, I feel like these are those are pe- those are just people who have not listened to the other sixty three <laughs> Weezer songs that we've listened to, <laughs> the hundreds of other Weezer songs that exist on albums. Um, yeah, they had definitely like, not listened to December. Uh, yeah. I don't even think December's that horrible of a song. It's just kind of not memorable. And the, just kind the of the fact that it is so utterly forgettable yeah. that in doing a project about Weezer, I'm I came here and like I do not know what December yeah. is. And it's I have said that to you five previous times. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was like actually worried about recording this because I was like, I have nothing to say about December. But luckily, it was against Island in the Sun, <laughs> where I had so much to say. I probably have more to say, but for the sake of time, I think we have to move on. All right. Uh, winner this round. Oh, my God. This means I have to talk about December more, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We kind of didn't really think this through in that, like, the worst songs are just going to have to keep well, re-listening more- and re-talking about, like, we kind of we kind of really hate ourselves. <laughs> I mean, well, that's obvious. Yeah. All right. December's moving on. Next round. Peace. Off of make believe if there's something i can grab you can bet i'll pay the Versus Back to the Shack. Off of Everything Will Be Alright in the End. Take me back, back to the shack, back to the spot with the lightning strap. Kick in the door, more hardcore, rocking out like it's 94. Let's turn up the radio, turn off those stupid singing shows. I know where we need to go, back to the shack. <sighs> Wow. So if there is a Weezer song that you and I got obsessed with, it was Back to the Shack. Yeah. When that when that thing came out, we made a lot of really bad jokes about it. Yeah. It's still not good. I've come to like it a little bit more. <laughs> let me let me just give you a little background on Back to the Shack. Uh so this is a song so in the later period of Weezer, River started adopting co writers. Uh, not from the band, <laughs> except for a few occasions. Uh, this one was co-written with Jacob Kasher, who uh, frequently goes by J. Cash. His songwriting credits are uh, pretty impressive. Uh, he wrote Avril Levine's Seventeen, which is terrible. He wrote songs for Lifehouse. He wrote oh, yeah. he wrote songs for Hollywood Undead. Shout out to Spence. <laughs> Spence. Uh, he wrote. Uh, Jason Derulo's Wiggle, terrible. J-Lo's Ain't Your Mama, terrible. Lunch Money Lewis's Bills, fucking terrible. Selena Gomez's Birthday, terrible. Fifth Harmony Boss, terrible. Juicy J, Bounce It, actually pretty good. Uh, he exec produced Maroon 5's Red Pill Blues, wrote additional songs for Cobra Starship, Nickelback, Christina Grimmie, Kevin Rudolph, and wrote Megan Trainer's No... And Kesha's We Are Who We Are. That's a hell of a list. That is quite... <laughs> that is a list. That is... All right. I need to make a pop record. Get me Jay Cash. <laughs> <laughs> he came up with Back to the Shack. What does Back to the Shack mean? I've always, It's the most... Re- because, like, the song, the original one, is in the garage. Yeah, well, it's like... I, shack. And then the music video... I assumed that it was a attached garage. A shack would imply that it is <laughs> detached. Yeah. Uh, so which is it, Rivers? Answer the question. <laughs> I, I just I don't even think he even thought of that. I think it was just a shack. He's like I, I think he just thought of the phrase "back to the shack" and he like just 
committed to it. That's fair. That's fair. Well, it's also like the most meta and self-referential like Weezer song ever. Yeah, and it's because like, well, a little context touring-wise for the few years before this, they were doing things where like, he wasn't playing lead guitar. He was just like doing lead singer stuff, and they'd have like Pat come out and play lead guitar, which he says so in the song. Which you also, I also can take as a uh, shot to in the mall, which I am a hundred percent with him on that. <laughs> One of the things you want to see when you go see like Weezer live is Rivers play guitar. I want to see these people do what they actually do. I remember on the Make Believe tour, they would switch it up where Pat would play lead on like one song and rivers would go do drums yeah if you switch it up for one song that's no but fun. it was like a, always fun. it was like an entire tour he did that they were just bored they're trying to spice it up yeah and like it, it has like references to like his daddy issues yeah oh, yeah actually that whole album does i mean he's a he's like hey like my issues are gone and it's like we know we've known since green album like you kind of got things out there you put out what you needed to do you were able to improve uh, yourself as a person that's not to- totally true with the he, he, it was it was had only been recently before this album came out that he was able to like resolve issues with his father his father had not been in his life from green onward there he at least expressed what he needed to yeah to where it wasn't a defining personality trait well, where I think from what I understand, though, what really like him making amends with his father came around the time he had his own children, him under, uh, realizing the actual like the job of being the father. And also, I think he wanted his father to be in his children's lives. So he kind of like welcomed that, him back in. As someone who has no children, uh, that makes total sense to me. <laughs> I can uh, I can play like armchair psychiatrist with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but what I'm saying is like where those things were bigger factors in his life yeah once he gets past the first two albums he doesn't need to dwell on them the same way no i mean like he's a little nice that he feels like it goes back to like say it ain't so which is a song about daddy issues explicitly yeah so much so that he says so. (laughs) there's there's not really another interpretation of the song (laughs) is there another interpretation of dear daddy i write you (laughs) in spite of years of silence i think i i kind of like the song a little bit more after I heard I hated it when I first heard it. I enjoyed it a little bit more when I heard it on the entire album in the context of the album. It does sound better in that way, but yeah. not much. He this the song comes and it feels like he's being forced to apologize. Like this is like him going onto message boards and saying stuff and he's reading all it, the comments. It does and he's just like, you know what? I'm gonna apologize and everything's gonna be okay. It does feel a little bit like like trying to please the fanboys. You know what I'm yes, saying? Like especially is, in like fanboy culture today when you see things like in movies and TV specifically where they're where you have shout outs. But you know, you can tell he's clearly trying to like he's like we know what you want to hear. This is kind of a Weezer song you've been claiming for, especially especially after like the Red album and um, Ratitude and Hurley. It's clearly he's almost like trying to be like, is this what you guys want? It's kind of him capitulating. Yeah, and it's that's not something I want from an artist. No, you know, an artist makes and the audience consumes. And and I know like where we're going with Twitter and everything that that is tipping the other way in ways I fucking hate. Ever since I've been listening to like Weezer, ever since I was like 15 years old, every time there's a new album, you listen to the fans and you listen to the the general audience, and so I was like, oh, I hope it's the next Pinkerton. Or well, that doesn't ever make any sense to me because like yeah. number one, I don't want him to make Pinkerton again. That that is like that is such like the mind of like Rivers at that age. Like yeah. it would be an, almost unhealthy if he made it a, a, a new Pinkerton. Uh, like almost 50-year-old Rivers Pinkerton would be. You, yeah, you know it'd what I'm be saying? Like, hey, I secretly like one of my kids more than the other, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> 
I think it's the sun. <laughs> I don't know. I even but let me just say this. As the co-host of a Weezer Bad Songs podcast, uh, even in this position, I do not believe I can tell Rivers Cuomo what songs he should and should not make. No, no. I don't think I can tell him what emotions he needs to or needs to not express. I think this is him hearing people write these things and him saying, you're right. And that's something that upsets me greatly. It's still also just a weird river song. It is a weird river song because <laughs> he's, he's starting with the metal influences. Yeah. And then it has this weird swell on the bridge. And then it goes to, at least we raise some hell. And it's just like, you guys have seen generally well behaved. And, yeah. you know, there's not real stories you hear about, oh man, hey, that guy's in Weezer, man. Don't don't let your girl around him, you yeah. know? <laughs> Stuff like that. I mean, he's explicitly like, hey, we were the only rock band that didn't get laid. There's no like, oh man, the Weezer's banned from this hotel because they smashed so many rooms. They threw a bed out the 35th window. Rivers is in jail again. You know, Scott's in rehab. You know, there's not these stories from him. Yeah. I'm nothing against that. Live your life, dude. What about Peace? Peace is a really messy song. Yeah. Peace to me... It's trying to do too many things. It's too many cooks in the kitchen. It has this weird thing where it has these heavy electric electric guitar sounds, and then they're playing an acoustic guitar over it, and they never really gel. They never really come together. I can't think of a song offhand that has ever really done that it's it's a bad song it's a really bad song <laughs> yes. and like um it's on the bracket it is yeah i remember like so before make relief came out i remember there was uh, a rolling stone article about you know kind of like uh, they did like a profile piece on weezer yeah right before make believe is when he got really into uh Fipasana, yeah which is his uh form of meditation and i believe uh peace came from Fipasana, and like generally what he's trying to achieve some sort of peace of mind some sort of peace with himself so i i was kind of excited because they had written about this song and they had mentioned it and i thought well here's a song with an actual intent and an actual merit so i was like hoping that it would be have actual quality to it yeah and it didn't what's weird to me is listening to it now his vocal line on it Sounds a lot like Lit's My Own Worst Enemy. <laughs> you know, the car's in the front yard. It's like, it's like, it keeps going on that. And it's just like, is he, is he intentionally doing this? I don't know. It does. You're right. It, it totally <laughs> does. I mean, I, I, maybe. I don't think so. I don't think intentionally. I, but I, I don't know. It's also like, that could be one of those weird pop songs where like Rivers just got obsessed with and wrote, you know, a binder full of information, breaking it down, yeah. spending, I'm going to guess, much more time than Lit did writing yeah. it. Uh, it's also so long. It's, it's, it's like four and a half minutes long. No, it's only four. It's, it's, four. it's a hair under four, but it feels like longer. Well, it's like, do you know that Make Believe's their longest album? It's like a 45-minute like album, which was really long for, a, really long for a Weezer album. Because like, you get like green and all that, and yeah. it's like you pay full price, and it's like, this thing is 32 minutes. <laughs> Where's oh, the like, rest of it? I mean, like the thing is, Blue is not that much longer. No. But the thing no. about Blue is you just want to go re-listen to it. So it's like, it feels weird. You know what I'm saying? You get, you, get your, uh, you get your money out of Blue and Pinkerton. I mean, I don't think that's ever been <laughs> in the <laughs> 
<laughs> we have seen what happens when they try to make albums too long. Hey, do you know what the original? Do you know what the alternate titles for uh, Make Believe were? No. So Pat Wilson had a, a title he had, which was uh, "One Thousand Soviet Children Marching Towards the Sun." What the fuck? <laughs> That's like a bad religion album. Yeah, it's uh, just a bad title. The other one was "Either Way I'm Fine," which I guess was what Rivers would say during recordings, because either way he was fine. I kind of like that as a title, though. <laughs> Either way, I'm fine. It really shows a like a lack of decision, though. Fair, but I kind of <laughs> I think I like that more than make believe. You know, make believe's never made any sense to me, especially with that whole like album art. Yeah, it's it's poor. You want to vote? Yeah. All who, right. Who are you voting, voting for? Just a lot of it is because of my personal politics with it. I have to go with Back to the Shack. Hmm. I have to go with Peace. Oh. Whoa. Do you know what this means? We got to make a phone call. We have to make a phone call for the first time in podcast history. (laughs) We have to go to the phones. So we have a tie. And according to the rules, ties are settled by calling someone randomly. So we are going to call Fidel Martinez and see, number one, if he picks up. Which he might not. She might not. How drunk he is, because we're recording this on a Friday night. I hope he's not that drunk before 9 o'clock on a Friday night. I mean, he's a freelance writer. It's entirely It's possible. actually 9.20, so that 20 minutes actually means a lot. There we go. Pick up, Fidel. Your call has been forwarded. Oh. Voice message system five one two. Who are we going to call next? Oh man, uh, you know Jamie's texting me right now. Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. What's up? Hey, hey, uh, you're on with Andrew. Hey. Uh oh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk Weezer with us? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Are you going to be recording this? <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're already been being recorded. Yeah. Have you already been recording it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this isn't New York, man. It's not like one fucking person's got to consent to the goddamn call. Well, we were going or to tell you. anything you're recording. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I'm glad that you also just have me chomping on uh, kale and chickpeas in the, the background because I've gone full L.A. and started eating really healthy. That's what our fans like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure people really want that. Um, okay, well, since I didn't, since I'm already on it, um, what's fill me in? Uh, so we wanted to know uh, which was the worst Weezer song between "Back to the Shack" and "Peace." Do you remember "Peace"? Dude, I don't even know if I know these ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> like. What? Okay. Uh, so, what? What is the first one? So, back to the shack is off of everything will be all right in the end. It's uh, two albums ago. It's, a, uh, it's like it was the first single off that album. Okay, I have looked it up on uh, Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then what was the other one? Because I'm actually maybe just going to do this based on album covers. It's peace. Um, it's peace off of make believe. Peace off of make believe. Um. Oh. Oh, that was the one with uh Oh yeah, okay. Um hmm. Do you want me to take a listen to these and then call you guys back? We can or do that. 
you know, just judge by the album cover. I mean, you can you can use whatever metrics you want. Okay. Uh, uh, did you guys know that there's a thing called Deezer? What? Oh, I was like, is this a bad fan pun on Weezer? And it's some app that's failing called Deezer. Um, I hope they're not <laughs> sponsoring you because now they're definitely not. Um, no, JK, you guys don't have sponsors. Yeah, we definitely um, don't. No, we have, uh, we have a sponsor. We have Kirkland Light. Kirkland Light. It's beer. <gasps> have you heard of Kirkland Light, Jamie? Wow. Uh, no. What? what Kirkland Light, what is- 48 packs. Or twenty one ninety nine. Twenty one ninety nine for it, a forty eight. It's pack. beer you buy at Costco. Oh, everyone loves Costco beer. Yeah, yeah. Kirkland, the the deals that you want in bulk. New one slogan. Um, okay, I'm just gonna. Do you guys have like a decision? Or? You can. Uh, well, we tied. That's why we. Yeah, that's why that's, we call that's people. Why we call. Oh, so I'm your tiebreaker. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just put on back to the shack. Stack would be funnier. It'd be better if it's back to the SHAQ. True. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, let's see. And I, I've just put on, I think, a lyrics video for... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so who's the current bassist now? Or the, the Scott Schreiner. The Scott Schreiner's the... well. It's still the one. Yeah, yeah. Had? It's been the one ever since uh, Maladroit, basically after uh, Matty Welsh left. He's been R.I.P. Yeah. Rest well, in peace. there, there, there was the yeah. Okay. Um, ooh. Well, after Matt Sharpie, it was Matty Welsh, and Matty Welsh left. He was yeah. on for Green, and then Scott Schreiner's been on ever since. I I saw him play with them. Um, Matty he Welsh. Uh, yeah, when he was still in the band for like the hot second, and then Scott threw his guitar pick that had a Weezer logo straight at my chest hey. when he saw them play, and I was like, "You're you're sorry, you're not the one anyone cares about." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Make Believe's pretty bad. Um, oh, it's a bad album. But back to the shacks, like <laughs> kind of my least favorite rivers when he's like, I'm gonna rock out like this is Kiss. And it's like, guys, you're you're not Kiss. Oh, back to the shack's really bad. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say back to the shack is worse than um Peace. Than Peace. Because oh. Peace just sort of mellowly sucks, whereas Back to the Shack I think aggressively sucks. There we go. That's a, that's an opinion. All right. <laughs> yeah. Winner. Thank Winner. you so much, Jamie. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Do you have anything to plug? Uh no. Hire me. I don't know. There you go. Hi- hire, you, hire, a... hire you for what? Tell the people. Um I don't even know, man. <laughs> All right. Well if you uh, yeah, if you need more uh weasel thoughts and bizarre rambling anecdotes while I eat dinner. Um, feel free to give me a ring back. Thank you, Jamie. But thank you, Jamie. Yeah, if you need somebody to do something, hire Jamie. Just contest at, Jamie contact will... us at Weezer Bracket and we'll put y'all in touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Production design, rambling about kale salads. Wait, uh, wait, are you still in Vegas? I didn't no, even think no. of this. Oh, okay. Are you, back in, are you back in LA? God, no, I'm not in Vegas. I somehow survived that. Thank God. And uh, I'm <laughs> just super sleep deprived, which is probably why I'm like more rambling and insane sounding than usual. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's a barometer though. Yeah. Um, I saw your post is like you were working a full day and then like six hours later you were still partying. It's like, okay. 
Dude, that's NAB is just like a bunch of dorks talking about lighting that want to get drunk when there's eight women. <laughs> hey, Jamie, you know you Although like? I would say there's now about 18 women, which oh. is pretty cool. Hey, yeah. progress. Jamie. And I heard a lot less terrible jokes than I usually do. So, oh uh, and God. by jokes, I mean really sexist and offensive things said to me like it's a joke. So are you, so are you saying that NAB has jumped the shark? Uh, no, I think who <laughs> has hit NAB. No, I don't know. Hey, uh, um, Jamie, you sound like you're sucks. tired. You know what? Uh, you know what I think you're you need right now a little peace. Uh, oh God! Oh God! Are you gonna outburst? <laughs> <laughs> God, speedy dorks. Okay. You need to <laughs> find some up. peace. All right. I'm hanging up. Bye, Goodbye. Jamie. Thank Bye, you. Jamie. Bye. <laughs> And that was Jamie. That was that was our friend Jamie Patterson. Uh, she's actually a really good art researcher. If you need one, yes. And she's art also department. a huge Weezer fan. We should say that. Yeah, she, she's one of our biggest Weezer fans, which is why we called her. She was texting me because a, a place to bury strangers has released a new album. They, they they're still releasing albums, dude. I saw them twice at South by. They are fucking incredible. Really? And like the the second time. Uh, Bushwick Bill got on stage with them, and he he just like kept rapping. Damn, feels good to be gangster, a place to bury strangers. Like, cause Bushwick Bill has just been couch surfing in Austin for three years. Oh, really? And he just goes. That takes that takes a lot of skill to be able to couch surf for three years. Yeah, and he has he just goes up to bands. And he's like, yo, give me a verse. And the, mo- most of the time, they'll be like, we don't really like do that. And then he will just like kind of wear them down until they they go, okay, we'll give you this instrumental bed and you can do whatever. And then he does like one of like three verses. <laughs> and, and so it's just like, he's just up there and he's like saying stuff. He's just saying that stuff with them. And he was like too thrilled to be doing it. Yeah. Anyhow, so... uh Back to the shack. Moving Back to the on. shack. Moves on. Thank All you, right. Jamie. Thank that, you. That was exactly what we needed. All right. Thank you. Moving on. Round three. Hash pipe. Off of Weezer, the green album. Versus Run Away off of Hurley. We've been oddly leaning on green singles this time. I don't like the green singles. I've never liked them. Well, you know, I what? liked them at the time. I like them. I think. I think the problem with the green singles is that the green singles have actually remained the test of time, which means I have to hear them over and over and over again. <laughs> and I don't like the songs that much, so they're just always omnipresent and like un- inescapable. I like with Island in the Sun. 
I kind of go back and forth on Hashpipe. I, I like that he's bringing... This is one of the more authentic times I feel that he's bringing his metal influences into a song. I agree with that. I feel like like just the heavier guitars really fits it. Uh, the, it's a great riff. The I will riff say, is great. It, it's a great riff. We should talk about uh, the writing process behind uh, Hashpipe because it's pretty uh, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. This was the one he where he was trying to do a formula where he took a Ritalin and then three shots of tequila, yep. and then went into the backyard and laid out on the hammock and just willed a song to come to. Yeah. By the way, we are open to sponsorships from both tequila and Ritalin. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ritalin's ever sponsored anyone. No, I mean, let's make I mean, history. It's, it's sponsored my uh, college education. <laughs> <laughs> The lyrics of this song are fascinating. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and then some. I can't even begin to like delve into this. There's the lyric, which I still don't know what it is, and I don't think anyone knows what it is. At the time of the release of this album, they didn't release like you know like the lyrics, so you have to make do with what you think it is. So it's the line, I've got my ass wide, I got my ass wipe, I got my eyes wide. I've always took it as eyes wide. Just because Eyes Wide is such a songwriting trope for, yeah. you know, just across the board of pop music. Yeah. Ass Wide, I mean, if you're turning tricks, I guess it makes sense. But I've never known... Can I read the... I've, uh, hold, but I've never known Rivers to go that graphic. Yeah. Um, can I read the uh, Genius a- Annotation real quick? Please do. Uh, the actual lyric here is a topic of controversy. Since the liner notes didn't include lyrics, you have to listen closely. In the context of the MTP, which I'm not sure actually what MTP means. Um, MTP. Oh, male trans prostitute. I don't. Yes, I think that might be it. I think that's it. And I don't. I, that, I believe that's not the. Uh, anyhow, preferred nomenclature. Yeah. So. In the context of the MTP, ass wide or ass wiped means he is ready to get down to business, literally. On the other hand, eye swipe has been suggested, and the possibility is a reference to clear eyes, which I don't get why it's not eyes wide. Eyes wipe. And then it's like, why, why would he have a reference to clear eyes? Actually, then someone wrote, wrote a comment under it. Johnny Fast on, on Genius wrote, I think this could possibly be eyes wide, as Rivers is often set, says this live. So apparently he says this live now, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that just makes more sense. That's more in line with what he does. Yeah. Like, That's I, why he's a weird, like, Rivers-like lyric. He's not like a cursor in his song. No. And, <laughs> and it's never been that vulgar or... Anytime he writes about sex, it's always... It's pretty chaste. It's pretty vague. Yeah. It's always that we had an interaction, you know? <laughs> I will say, like, I think like the one thing we can take away from this song is the music video. <laughs> the, the Marco Siega mu- music video. The typical late 90s, let's have it just be a random sumo group of sumo wrestlers, and that's it. Yeah, I think like they purposely re- stayed away from any sort of like of the imagery of the song, and so it's. It- I mean, if you're trying to get on MTV, you can't show anything <laughs> in this song, especially in like 2001. Especially if it's ass wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, um, do you remember they performed this at the uh, like the 2001 MTV Movie Awards? <laughs> what movie was this in? No, no. 
it's actually in a movie, but no, I mean they, they actually performed live at the MTV Movie Awards. They actually, but I'm you, just saying, like, what movie is this in to get this? Uh, no, I mean they at the time they were just performing because you know they would bring in any perform you know like popular like song at around the time. But I will yeah. tell you, I do know a movie it's in, and it's in American Pie two. I skipped that one. <laughs> so did you skip it and go straight to American Wedding? I've actually seen no American Pie movies. You've never seen a single American Not Pie movie. Not a single movie? one. Wow, you had a different uh, adolescence than I did. I mean, am I missing out on that much? Uh, not now, but at the time, I would say <laughs> you were. <laughs> the other interesting thing about this, we, we, I think we should talk about where Weezer was around before the Green Album came out. Sure. Pinkerton happened. The reception to Pinkerton was, I would say, Rivers perceived it as negative. I don't know if it was, it was quite as negative as he would perceive it. No, but I can see it being so personal yeah. that, that he picked up on a lot of the little criticisms and they cut deep. So basically, they disappeared for three and a half years. Literally, the last time they performed was a benefit for Michael and Carly. You know, of course, the leaders of the uh, Weezer fan base who died in a car accident. They performed uh, a show for them. The last show, Matt Sharp played with them. And then they disappeared for about three and a half years. They didn't play together. I remember the gap. Yeah. Which is kind of, it's a long time for a band around that, that time, especially after their second album. Basically, I think people thought they had broken up. They came back in uh, summer 2000, and they played the uh, Vans Warped Tour. <laughs> As so many did. It's them and Good Charlotte. And Not around that time. That's, that's pre-Good Charlotte. No, that's right? I'm sure it was Rancid and uh, Anti-Flag. I could I could try and guess who played the the Warp Tour in 2000, but I'd probably be wrong. Uh, hold on, let's look this up. Okay. Oh, I found it on the. It's, it's an American Pie too. I found it on. <laughs> I know that I, I looked it up. Also, I remember it. I've seen American Pie too. It's in the scene with the the um, lesbians. You know what I'm saying? When they're painting the house of the lesbians. So I found it on the Warped Tour wiki. Oh, really? A dedicated wiki to the Warped Tour. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, on the 2000 are a few bands we have talked about on this podcast. Green Day. Of course. Lit. Of course. And No Doubt. That's a that's actually a really good lineup for the Warped Tour around. I mean, yeah. I forget that the Warped Tour is like a real thing around It that was time. pretty big. Like, like the other place, <laughs> the other people were like Jurassic, Jurassic 5. The Ataris. Oh, yeah. Millen Colin, MXPX, NoFX. NoFX basically played like fucking every Warped Tour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dilated Peoples was on this one. Wow. Uh, Less Than Jake, uh, your favorite, The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Oh, God. <laughs> Save Ferris. Uh, oh, Save Ferris. Oh, my God. Save Ferris. Hey, I called it Anti Flag was on it. Okay. Flogging Molly. Hot, hot water music, newfound glory. That's what I should have said. Oh, oh shit! Papa Roach was on this one. OAR. Oh Jesus! OAR is the worst. Pimpadelic, local Dallas band. Hey, shout out to them. Some forty one. That's before they broke. Yeah. Oh, so, so so classic, classic year in Warped Tour history. <laughs> so anyhow. Weezer played the Warped Tour that summer, and it was like kind of their their comeback tour. People were actually really excited to see Weezer because it had been three and a half years. And they played a group of songs that they they recorded a bunch of them. They're called Summer Songs 2000, and it's a bunch of songs that never made it on the album. There's like three songs that ended up on the albums, and Hatchpipe is actually one of those songs they played. Dope Nose ended up you know on on Maladroid, obviously. 
But there's a song called the Ska Song. Oh my god! Can you imagine what like Weezer's the Ska Song is? I I I have to find this demo. I I can't. I there's a I song. Have to. There's a song called Oh Girl. I don't know if that became Oh Girlfriend. I would guess so. I haven't. I, probably, I would I, have I, to imagine. I probably listened to it like 15 years ago, but you know, I haven't in like 15 years, so I can't remember. Oh, slob, slob was in session four, so Slob ended up becoming like... Slob the, has the ultimate underdog story. Well, Slob is the song that fans fought for. And it's one of the best on Maladroit. Because I remember fans really liked a lot of the songs they played. Yeah. And then when they heard Green, there were a bunch of new songs that they didn't like. But, you know, I would almost guess that most of those songs are probably the same quality as Green. But because, like, the fans are like, what about these songs we already heard? They uh, were upset. The Green album came from all this stuff. And it was a weird time where there was a lot of hype around Weezer coming back. I remember it was kind of a thing when the Green album came out. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Hashpipe was a hit. Hashpipe was a big song at the time. And everyone's like, whoa, here's the new direction of Weezer. I kind of dig it. It didn't age so well. It hasn't aged well at all. And it didn't even represent what Weezer would become. No. Like, it's a weird outlier on the album. It's a weird choice for first single. It's a weird song. It's like the weirdest Weezer song sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It's a song that does not feel like any other Weezer song. He's singing about a character that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, for someone who made such personal music to just say, hey, here's a story about this. And it's the first single. (laughs) It's the first single after Pinkerton. All right. We should probably talk about... We should wrap this up, yes. Well, we haven't even talked about the other song. No, I'm saying we should wrap up Hashbite. That's what I meant. Runaway, to me, it sounds like he's really trying to write a Tom Petty song. It sounds a lot like Tom Petty. Well, it has that weird opening, that like weird, like, you know, raw, like kind He's, of like. It's like that intro, and it comes back about three quarters way through. Yeah. It, it It's kind of like trying to evoke Butterfly and yeah. songs like that, like the, with the kind of chime sound. It's not even like acoustic, though. It's the production of it, though, that's so weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like this like muddled pr- production that's a weird choice. Right. It's not very. Refined. In the line of yeah. what a Weezer song sounds Overproduced. like. What's really odd about this is that it was co-written by Ryan Adams. Not Brian. Not Brian Adams. Not Summer of 69. But Ryan Adams, who was seen as a negative influence on Albert Hammond Jr. So much that articles were written about Albert Hammond Jr. that said Albert Hammond Jr. did a lot of drugs... For a rock yeah, star. <laughs> I, I, I uh, read uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom. I and, still need to read this book. And like, there's like an entire chapter of that oral history that's just about the negative influence of Ryan Adams on Albert Hammond Jr. And they kind of just throw Ryan Adams under the bus. I have read this part. It's it was phenomenal. like it, it was a segment on Vulture. And it was kind of like how they used the promote, actually the book, because it's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Do you think Ryan Adams got Rivers High? No. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, Rivers has never been, like, anti-drug in any sort of way. But he's never been pro-drug either. No. I think he just kind of did it sometimes because he thought it would be interesting to maybe, like, try it out. Right. Do you think so? Do you think he and Ryan Adams got into some, like, hard stuff? Absolutely not. I think, like, he probably brought him in the studio for two days and this is the <laughs> song of this song. I think it was probably pretty tame. I actually have a quote from Rivers I found about oh, this song. Yeah, let's hear it. It's not the most intimate, like, but it's, uh, I just wrote a song with Ryan Adams. Not Ryan, Ryan. Even, like, Rivers, like, throws in that <laughs> fucking, like, yeah. 
It's a very stirring and emotional and powerful Weezer song. He was really inspiring to work with. He has a lot of wild and crazy energy. It's going to be on the Weezer record. He plays lead guitar on it. It will be on the Weezer record for sure. Wild and crazy energy. Is that code? Is he hinting at something? I think no. I just no, think, I don't yeah. think so <laughs> So like that's the thing is like I think he actually plays lead guitar on the song. I would say for things on this record that are out of step with Weezer, I don't think of the lead guitar so much as that. No. I think it's, you know, it sounds just like a generic Weezer lead guitar. Well, well let me ask you a question. Please do. Do you think Rivers would have preferred the collaborate with Brian Adams? No, actually, I think not. I think that would be be a more interesting song. I don't think that, like, Rivers is a fan of, like, the Brian Adams deep cuts. No. (laughs) I I bet, like, Rivers likes Summer 69, though. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. It's a very nice song. It's it's interesting (laughs) to me, though. It's interesting, because, like, with Brian Adams' recent career... The one album they've all we've probably all heard is his uh, 1989, right? Which is a weird experiment that almost seems like an experiment, like something that Rivers would probably try and do at some weird point. I can see a lot of parallels between. Yeah, the two. yeah, I could imagine Rivers doing something like that. So it's really interesting that they haven't collaborated since this song. I, it probably didn't work out that great. <laughs> I yeah, I can see it just them um, clashing. Yeah. All right, or just like I could almost see them just not caring. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like ah, well, let's do this, and it just doesn't work out. I actually really like the recent like Ryan Adams album, Prisoner. I actually even listened to it. I listened to it. It's like his best like straight up album in a long time, and it's because it's a it's a divorce album. You know what I'm saying? And like there's oh, there's yeah. a thing with a lot of artists like blood on the tracks. Like, you know, Dylan had been dormant for a while and not had had anything great, and then blood blood on the tracks comes out. It's one of his best albums. It's a, kind of a staple of the uh, rock star the, the divorce album. <laughs> yeah. I was starting to think like what would like the the Rivers Cuomo like divorce album sound oh, like? Jesus, I don't know. God. Like if he divorced from Kyoko, what would that sound like? Do you think like that could bring out a weird like Pinkerton sort of like super personal album again, or do you think he would just ignore it? He would definitely tap into it. Yeah, I think the first instinct is like that he would make another Blue or Pinkerton. Yeah, but this is something he's wanted for so long. This is something that he's so invested in. He has the children and everything like that. I think he just goes like so much farther. He goes on to the other side. Yeah. And he just makes this like dark and like deeply depressing slog of an album. Well, apparently the dark Weezer album's coming out. The uh, black album. (laughs) I mean, who knows what that's going to be? That could be, it could be a tribute to Jay-Z before all. One of my favorite things that he keeps on saying about the black album is like, Oh, there's gonna be cursing this time, like that. that, that <laughs> like he's like, that's going to make that the dark album. Is that oh, there's that, going to be per- cursing? That's going to sell some records. Yeah. Like, whoa, Weezer and cursing he's together. He's bringing back last. the ass slide. <laughs> Runaway is interesting. Like, uh, we should probably actually talk about the quality of the song. It's um, it's not horrible. It's not horrible, but it doesn't seem to congeal. No, like it should. There's a lot of ideas on it, but I just don't think they're lining up. The idea of like Rivers Cuomo and like Ryan Adams is more interesting than the actual product of them working together. I think it's time to vote. Yeah, I think so too. I'm voting for Hashpipe. This is tough. Because here's the problem. Unlike other ones, I don't really hate either of these songs. That well, it's much. the thing. It's like I think I once really liked Hashpipe. Like uh, when, when I was like I can, thirteen, 
I think I like liked Hashpipe before before I actually really loved Weezer. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Like it was like a year before like I actually knew Weezer. So for me, it was just a weird song I heard on the radio that I kind of like. Yeah, but since like my knowledge of Weezer and loving Weezer, it's just one of my. It's just not representative with the band I like. I will say this: I don't think it's that bad of a song. Yeah. Sometimes I listen to it, I kind of like it, but it's so out of step with the rest of Weezer. Yeah. I think I'm going to vote and agree on Hashpipe. Yeah. So, there we go. Okay. Hashpipe moves on to the next round. Round four. Everybody get dangerous. Off of Weezer, the red album. Versus Put Me Back Together Off of Ratitude It's cold outside Would you let me come inside And make it right What a fucking murderer's row we got here. (laughs) Where do you want to start? So everybody gets dangerous. Rivers wrote this while he was listening to a lot of Eminem. Like a a lot, apparently. Like in like 2008. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it came out, yeah. And so it just made sense for him to get longtime Eminem collaborator Rick Rubin to produce this record. Oh, yeah. It's one of those... He, well, Ruben uh, produced a lot of uh, Make Believe, too, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. But this is the one of all the Weezer songs that they did together. Sounds the most like a Rick Rubin record. It does. Like, the guitars, like, they're all tuned a certain way. Yeah. Like, it sounds a lot like a lot of those Eminem songs. It seems so insane to me that Weezer and, like, Rick Ru- Rubin collaborated multiple times on over multiple albums. Yeah, and... None of the collaborations they did are worth a shit. None of them, I I wouldn't go that far. I'd have to look up what they all are. But none of them are ones where they're your favorite Weezer songs. Well, even even off of those two albums, the songs that like I would say are decent, I don't feel like Rick Rubin probably. It doesn't doesn't feel like it has the Rick Rubin touch on. Right, and it's interesting because what we know of Rick Rubin's process, it's a lot of a being. And taking things away. Yeah. Stripping down. Like Jesus. Yes. Uh, especially. I really want to know what he took away from Everybody Get Dangerous because there's a lot going on in this record. <laughs> it does. It sounds, it sounds a little bit like Eminem. It sounds also like early 90s Beastie Boys a little. You know what I'm saying? Like it's It a, does. Yeah. And I, I think that's a lot of what he was going for. I mean, number one, he's doing this weird sing-talking thing. Do you know what this is about? What the song's about? I, I mean, just kind of being a shitty... It's about like it's literally based on like him and his fr- high school friend, this dude named Adam Orth. Like th- these lyrics are literally things they would do in high school. <laughs> Interesting, because like some of it is just like stuff that I don't believe happened. Do you, do you not really believe they apparently went and like set roadkill on fire? <laughs> I don't believe they stabbed corpses. You know, I think they mean like corpses of the rope ki- roadkill. I still don't believe they did yeah. that. <laughs> you know, like it's like I look at this and. This seems to be about as close 
as Weezer ever came to writing an ironic song. Yeah. Though, you know, the yeah, thing- especially Conan starts off like, oh, well, I didn't really do that. And he just like sets it off like planting the seed of doubt for all of this. I do believe, though, that Rivers had like probably a rambunctious, like rebellious teenage phase because you know like I mean, we, we have a actually of we, growing up well we actually also talked about river's weird youth and how he was raised right he was raised in the ashram he was like raised in the community kind of like separate from you know like society i think he, when he was like a teenager he finally was he was finally released <laughs> he was finally like put in the public schools and whatnot and i think there was a little bit of like a uh, culture shock <laughs> <laughs> I can I can well, I mean, only imagine. I know, how like, much it was, it was. I mean, I know he was also like familiar with things that, like, he, he of course, he was like, obsessed with like Kiss and stuff like that. Right. Things that were probably the exact opposite of like of what was going on in the ashram at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Kiss was his rebellion, essentially. Yeah, as a, it should be every teenage boy's. <laughs> God, every teenage boy needs to listen to the music from the elder. I, I believe a lot of this might have happened. There's a there's a genius uh, annotation from his actual friend who wrote a, like a oh little, really yeah it's a, it's a pretty long actually I I'd read it but it, it talks about the how a lot of this stuff was real and they were rambunctious and rebellious and like to stir shit up I I mean I can see like toilet paper fences and throwing eggs and shit like that I uh, bet like the but uh, it's just like even like oh we played hockey games and we didn't put on safety pads well who cares yeah. There is a part where he's like, how did we survive so well throughout the keys and the wheel locked up? I almost killed every one of us. I totally believe that's something that happened when they were like, you know what I'm saying? That, like, he's probably like 17 years old and they were probably like, because everyone's had that experience, you know, with their friends driving yeah. on back roads or whatnot. Definitely. Where you almost kill your friends. And then there's... Put me back together. Uh, with co-writing credits by Tyson Ritter and Nick Wheeler of The All-American Rejects. Jesus. Which explains why this song sounds completely like an All-American Rejects song. It does. And you know what? I've never been a big All-American Rejects guy, but if this was one of their songs and not a Weezer song, I would say this is one of the better All-American Rejects songs. It's not one of the best. It's no Swing Swing. See, I don't know that song at all, so. Really? No. So, I actually... Swing Swing. Yeah, that's not it. (laughs) It's like... I know uh, I know enough about. It. I've actually seen All American Rejects live. Why? Okay, so I was in, I was a senior <laughs> in high school. It was a big show. I went with my friends. The three big bands were Hawthorne Heights, All American Rejects, and Fall Out Boy. Again, why? Why would you go? I was a, I was a fr- I was in high school, man. Yeah, in Malverde, I guess. Yeah, in Malvern, yeah, man. The, the craziest thing I saw was there's a mosh pit to Hawthorne Heights. In the crowd, like, it was like <laughs> <laughs> the band wasn't doing it. No, I mean, but like back in the crowd because it was like it, oh, like, it was, oh, like way back. So it was at this uh, venue called Blossom, where it had like it had like named um, after the show. Yeah, it had like um, this separate part where it was just a field at outside of the, the like stadium that was like general admission, and that was where it was happening. It was a weirdly like um, laid out venue. Interesting. Put me back together is a song that Rivers really likes. He says it sounds like classic Weezer. I don't agree with that. The rest of the band hates it. When they're pushing forward, they're like, what about your old stuff? And they're like, yeah, we had this one song, Put Me Back Together. <laughs> I hate that song. Like, like that, That's when they are open about 
hating. That's weird because like there's so many other songs on Ratitude that you could. I feel like you could really come out against. Yeah, that's the thing. Is is like yeah, on Ratitude, this I mean, is far from. I think like the I, biggest think, I think offender. this song at least has like a solid melody. You know what I'm saying? I think it's very nice. Like, yeah, it's just like if this were just a different band doing it. It's like it, the catchy. It's I think it's like maybe the after, after can't stop partying. It's the second. <laughs> it's the second catchiest song on Ratitude. Yeah, I think I think it's a really the melody's nice. Like it's a bit of an earworm. Like you can keep, see yourself just going through the day here. Yeah, especially when you can, especially when you compare it to stuff like the girl got hot and oh like I'm your daddy. Those are coming up, by the way. Oh, those so- songs will be coming up. But yeah, I, I I find it. I don't find it offensive. <laughs> No, I don't think so either. I I think we mostly put this in just because the band hates it. I think that, and I think it's just like it's just rad to it as a whole. As a whole, <laughs> it's such a horror show that like I think it, you just you're just like everything. Just put everything in there, man. Everything. Did we put everything in? We did not. Yeah, no. I was about to say there has to there, be some, something. Um, that, that... Uh, I don't think we put. Uh, let me see for one second. Yeah, let's double check. I don't think I don't think we put. If you're wondering if I want you to, yeah, we I did. Want, did we? Yeah, because okay. I hate that song. Okay, we're gonna edit that out then. Yeah, I don't think we put. I don't think we put the last song. I don't want to let you go on. We did not. Yeah, that song is not on there. But uh-huh. I think like the majority of the, the, these songs are in this. Cause I, Holy shit! Uh, let it all hang out. I don't think we put that one on. Yeah, but. Like, oh my god we only have two songs that we didn't put <laughs> i think we i think you guys can tell that we do not much care for ratitude it is a bad album <laughs> like a truly atrocious album i'm trying to look you know what i think is the best ratitude song what um if you bought it on itunes you got the kids and poker face cover which is pretty good oh my god i forgot about the kids and poker face cover yeah like their their cover of kids is one of the better kids covers. You know, it totally makes sense. Like, like oh, that and that he that is kind, definitely a yeah, song. Yeah, I think both those are songs like basically like almost chemically engineered for Rivers to Light. Yeah, I mean, like at the time, like kids was the song that everyone heard. And just, kids, you, kids was one of those wallpaper songs, but you didn't actually get tired of. Yeah. it. Yeah, like I like I still love that record. I feel like the two songs around that time, era that I, I I just could not escape during that time were, were kids and paper planes. Yeah, I I, I don't find this song that obnoxious. Especially when you put it against everybody get dangerous. <laughs> no, I I think this song's actually really nice. I think this was like perhaps one of the most bubble songs that we have. Yeah, like it could have gone in, it could have not just as easy. I think we probably want to discuss the fact that he wrote a song with the All American Rejects. Yeah, I, it's so weird. And it, he says like they were just jamming together, and this just came out. And it's yeah, you know all those times like when you're just jamming with the, when you just go out to jam with the All American Rejects and his song I just mean, pops out. I I I blew them off to come here. <laughs> They're like, hey, come come jam out. I'm like, I do not play guitar, but okay. Well, I guess Nick just told us his dirty little secret. Uh, I think that I think that's when we both yeah, this we, is clear. It's everyone get dangerous. Everybody get dangerous. Yeah, hands down. That's this moving was, on. This is probably the most lopsided that we have yeah most lopsided one but uh you you know you're not allowed to uh, argue about the seating so don't do it all right and that has been week two of the weezer bracket your winners back to the shack hash pipe december and everybody get dangerous calling them winners seems so ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's who moves on that's who lives to fight another day yes I guess you could call them losers. 
But call them, in our hearts, they are winners. Yeah, in our hearts, they're winners. Call them whatever you want. Update your bracket at home. Follow along. We'll put something out on uh, at Weezer Bracket, uh, but we'll make it so that there won't be any spoilers. So you're welcome. Uh, what do we have next week? Oh, uh, so for next week, our first matchup is Tripping Down the Freeway versus Lonely Girl. Ooh. And then you have Happy Hour versus Endless Bummer. Okay, all right. And then after that, that, you have Smart Girls versus The Girl Got Hot. All right, The Girls Round. Then you have Love is the Answer versus Love Explosion. So next week, listen to The Girls Round and The Love Round. uh, So you will know what two songs not to play if you're trying to court a woman. Uh, (laughs) Actually, you should not play any of them. (laughs) You can make that argument. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a song to play for a uh, potential romantic interest, maybe the bracket of worst Weezer song is not the I'm place gonna to say look. <laughs> all 64, just to exclude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. All right. Until next time, I'm Nick Rob, and I'm Andrew, and. Uh, Thanks for coming along on this ride where we just abuse ourselves with music. It's only going to get worse from here. All the Weezer songs, we are claiming fair use uh, for purposes of discussion, and you should look back because there's a lot of discussion about these. So there you go. But the intro music is by Alvoro Kid, and we downloaded it from hooksounds.com, Creative Commons with Attribution. So there you go. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and see you next week. Oh, I would also like to give a shout out to Spence Nicholson for helping us with the art. Yeah. Oh, he's real happy about that. And giving and letting us record in your house. Thank you, Spence. Thanks, Spence. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Love you.